coach and we want to hopefully equip you guys to navigate these things as they'll come up in the near future. So we're going to be talking about work in both a secular context and a church and ministry focused context. Uh, and we've got a whole panel today. That's a, you can do that. That's a, ooh, yeah, you can do that. That's a, yeah, we've got a panel today. So I would like to just introduce all of them as they come in. So Ben, yeah, 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 choose a seat, any seat, any seat. Ben's going to be with us, Josh is going to be with us today, Doc's going to be with us, and Dan. <laughs> Lovely. Amazing. Okay. And that intro was, that, that was cool, but you don't really know too much about them. So now I'm going to ask each and, each and every one of them, <laughs> each of them to introduce themselves and uh, just explain how they work and... Yeah. How they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you work. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Dan. I've got to take this opportunity. Thank you so much. New Day, how you doing? I have always wanted to say that. This is like the 14th time I've been to New Day. Um, yeah, it's really great to be here. My name's Dan, as I said. Um, for my work, I'm a classical musician, which is a bit of a niche I appreciate. Um, I play a thing called the French horn, which is a curly thing that points the wrong way um yeah and that's what I do I feel called to church I've been a Christian for about longer than I'm going to admit I think they're 15 years and yeah this is Dot yes hi I'm Dot um and I go to a church called All Nations Bedford Um, uh, I'm currently working in HR, um, I've got a bit of a corporate background, so I've done accounting, finance, um, yeah, now I'm in HR at the moment, so yeah, that's me. Hi, I'm Josh, and uh, I go to All Nations Church Bedford as well, yeah, there we go, represent, and I actually have the privilege of working for my church, um, I'm one of the uh, assistant pastors at my church, which is very fun, and hopefully we'll find out a little bit more uh, to what that looks like, so yeah. Hi guys, my name is Ben, and I'm from King's Community Church in Southampton. Yeah, KCC. Uh, I've been very fortunate to play guitar this week, but I actually have a very un-rock and roll job. I'm a management consultant, so I spent the last nine years working for big corporates, helping them to make more money. So I'm very interested to talk to you guys about working in a secular world, in a profit-orientated world. Uh, I've set up and run a couple of businesses and pretty much been in that space since... I left school, really, and I think it's one of those topics that doesn't really get spoken about a huge amount in church, and I think if you want to go into ministry or you want to be a teacher, that's very talked about and very understood, but if you want to just go into business and that's where your head is and you like solving problems that ultimately make more money, I don't think that's really talked about that much, so I'm interested to hear what you guys have got to say. Amazing. Cheers. Um, so, guys, we've got a pretty stacked, pretty stacked panel this morning. Um, but just to kick us off, I'd like uh, Dan actually just to give us some context as to what the Bible says about work. So before we, before we enter these discussions, before we start really forming our opinions on how we want to navigate this next stage, what does, what does God first tell us about working? Yeah, thanks, Huge. Um, I think it's good to start by praying because we want God to be here. I really want God to speak because if I talk, it's going to be useless. So if we could all just pray, that'd be great. So Father God, we thank you so much for this week. Thank you for just who you are, that everything comes from you. And Father God, I just ask right now that you be here present with us. I pray, speak through me, Father. Let the words that I say be the words that you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I think it's good to start literally with the Bible. Um, if you've got your Bible with you, you've got your phone with you, 
Uh, This will be from Colossians chapter 3. And it's a really good verse, I think, just to remember in life in general, but also especially when it comes to what you do or what you will do for a living. And whether you're thinking about what you'd like to do right now or whether you're just at school taking your time, that's great. But this verse is a really good thing to keep as your foundation. So it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, which says, Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul, as something done for the Lord and not for men. I think, certainly as Christians, we all want to make sure our jobs have value and we can look at what we're doing that day and think, well, where does that have any kind of value? So I'm a classical musician, as I said earlier. Technically, what I'm doing is just making some music, but how can that be about God? And then you can ask yourself, well, what job should I have as a Christian? Then you can ask, do I need to work for a church for my job to hold value? It doesn't mean it's wrong to work for a church at all. It just means there are many other things out there. I think the main question that comes down to is, does what I do matter? And what I take from this verse, I'm going to read it again. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul, as something done for the Lord and not for men. What I take from that verse is that if you glorify God in your work, then your job holds enormous value. It holds such huge value to God. And the value doesn't come from what the job is. The value comes from who you're working for. So this is saying everything you do, work for God. I think a good first step when you're thinking about what your work is we call it a a sort of a change of mindset of actually if you see your work as a ministry whatever that job is aim to shine the light of God wherever you go because you are the church and the church goes from a building out into the world and the best possible verse in that is Matthew chapter 5 if again flicking around Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16 Jesus says you are the light of the world A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That is Matthew 5 verses 14 to 16. And for me in in my world that I know of, I've only met about three Christians. And I've been doing my job for about 13 years. I've freelanced between different companies. I could meet about 200 different people a week. And three Christians is what I know of I've met in that time. And a few years ago, I really felt a calling to leadership. And we're going to touch on this a bit later, but leadership to me has always been, well, that's church. Um, And I had to really take my time and think, well, does that mean I need to give up what I do and work for a church? And for some people, that has and that will be the case. However, for me, I realize that I have an amazing opportunity and a responsibility from God to be the lamp in that place. And actually, since I acknowledge that, I've had so many amazing conversations at work. It doesn't have to be that you're you know, seeing conversions everywhere you look. It's just getting to talk about how I'd respond to something because this is what Jesus says. It's about what my relationship with God leads me to do in that situation. And really, honestly, truly, I put it so much up in my head that, oh, people are just not going to want to hear it. 
they're going to think, oh, here comes another Jesus guy. He's going to tell me this. He's going to tell me that. They're so open to it. It's amazing how open people are to hearing about Jesus. And I would encourage you guys. doesn't mean you walk in like, and <laughs> the first thing you say is, by the way, I'm a Christian. Get to know the person, obviously. But as we go into this discussion, and we'll share our own experiences of being a Christian in the workplace, I think it's really important to keep those truths in mind. Amazing. Yeah, wicked. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And um, yeah, with that context, it'll be great to just hear a couple stories um, from the panel just about how or where God's used you in the workplace or just like opportunities that you've had to share the gospel minister at, at work. So does anyone feel maybe Doc? Okay. <laughs> um, okay, let me think. Um, bit of a tricky one. I think honestly, I think I, I wish I would have more opportunities to I guess share about my faith at work um predominantly I think the best way I could have done it is through my character so we have characteristics as Christians that we should aspire to so being having integrity and working with and working diligently right so um when people think of you in the workplace like what what do they um what characteristics come out like if they say the name my, my name dot do they think of me as lazy or do they they know that I'm going to do this job diligently do I have integrity um am I doing the right thing even when no one's looking um so that's essentially how um I try to live out my faith in work um and yeah I guess being in a senior position or in a position of responsibility I especially in HR as well I have especially have to be careful um uh, in the things that I say and how I construct myself um, so you know I find opportunities you know people do come people are vun- in vulnerable positions you know coming to someone in HR um, and me being able to share my own perspective okay how I would deal with something because I'm a Christian you kind of slip it in there um, but yeah essentially it's just about my character um, and how I am showing like how I'm living out my faith rather than by the way, in the Bible, it says about this, because sometimes it, you can't really do that at work, and some places actually don't allow that um, for you to share your faith at work. So, um, yeah, do character. I can probably follow on from that. I think, I was just thinking about it, actually. I think people in the corporate world don't really care that much about whether you're a Christian or not, and that might shock you, but I think people just aren't really interested a lot of the time. They just want to get on and do a good job. And actually, so it, it means that if you started going and saying, oh, I'm a Christian, can I pray for you every opportunity? You'd probably get the sack or someone would tell you to get lost. Or So I think it's more about how do you act and how do you respond to situations. And it's the, the things that you, you don't necessarily shout about that are probably going to define you more and people are going to pick up on. Um, I've only had one situation at work. I used to work at Vodafone in, in HQ and a guy on my team was going through a tough time and we were chatting and he knew I was a Christian and I knew that he had some kind of background of going to church and we were just chatting having a coffee and and I just felt God said like can you pray for him and that was like the only time and I was like oh no God please not now like because it was an open plan office so people would walk past and you know people would see us and I was like no please like not now and I just before I could really think it kind of came out of my mouth I was like oh Marvin can we pray and he was like nodding like really kind of aggressively and I was like okay let's pray so we just we prayed and nothing crazy happened you know it wasn't like all of a sudden we were on the floor like slain in the spirit in the middle of Vodafone HQ in London. We were just, like there was just peace and he just appreciated that and we just had a, a bit of time together and then, you know, a couple of days later he was like, oh, I just felt so much better after we prayed together. So there was nothing significant, at least in 
in my own mind, it was just being kind of responding to what God had prompted, which was like a quite a rare occurrence. And I think for me, most of the time, it's more about, like I said, how do you set an example? Like how do you respond to situations? How do you deal with people? Like, are you kind? You know, in, in the corporate world, it can often be quite cutthroat and quite aggressive. And, and actually, that's not really what we're called to be as Christians. We're called to love people. That doesn't mean we're pushovers, but we're called to respond in a slightly different way. So. Yeah, 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 nice. And I was actually just thinking, um, Josh as well. So outside of outside of like preaching on a Sunday as a pastor, it'll be cool. Yeah, I would like to hear a story like just outside of on the stage what ministry looks like within your team or with people that come and enter the church that aren't necessarily part of the faith as well. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, thankfully, it's quite easy to share my faith at work. Um, <laughs> I don't have too much opposition to it, but. Uh, the best actually example of practical ministry that we have at our church is we run a food bank on a Monday between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m. And it is the time actually, other than Sunday, where we get the most traffic in and out of the church. And actually, people are coming into the church, they're in a pretty desperate situation usually. And sometimes it, it, it would almost be really unfair for us to see someone in a vulnerable situation and go, man, I'm just going to try and nail them with the gospel right now because they just need this. But actually the most effective things or the most effective times or examples we can give you is where we have just treated them as human beings. right? Because these are people that are struggling that are actually oftentimes overlooked by every single other person in society. And so they find a place and lots of them have walked in and just said, well, I just feel so welcome here. Right. We, we, we have people who often turn up with you know, cans of beer in their hand or whatever or heading outside to, to smoke a cigarette. And the, the best thing that we can do really is love people and not try to challenge behavior straight away. Okay, it's, it, it's about having them come in, understand that there's a place where they can feel safe, where they can feel heard. Because the rest of their life, just for those two hours, that's a place where they can feel like they belong. And we get to pray with people. We, we offer that. That's, that's absolutely there. And we have now people turn up an hour early just to come and sit and chat with people. We are just people who are there to listen and to, to be there. And we've had people then come along on Sundays as a result of that. And it's really incredible, just the small things that we get to do and that you actually wouldn't even think of. As, as, as You think you kind of look online and you see everyone's highlight reels on, on preaches or clips or whatever, but actually the rest of the week, there's so much more going on than just the Sunday. And one of the best things that we honestly get to do is to help out people like that. And I really think it is our strongest ministry area currently as a church is, is serving people in the food bank and having vulnerable feet, people feel safe, even if it's just for a few hours. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one of the best things that we get to do. Wicked. Wicked. I love that. I love that. All right. Um, yeah, next question. Next question for me that I'd like to open up is where... Yeah, where faith has caused a conflict in that kind of corporate or workplace setting. So where, because of your faith, you've been in a situation where you feel like, all right, I'm going to have to make a decision here. Um, and I don't really feel like compromising my faith. So, uh, yeah, does anything come to mind for um, either of you, Ben? Yeah. So a recent one, uh, our firm is headquartered in Sydney, so I was over there for a month last year, and I was working with our chief operating officer to roll out uh, an environmental, social, and governance program, which basically means how do we deal with climate change or how do we like, respond to issues like diversity? And we were discussing the use of pronouns before names, and, and she was going, oh, Ben, I think we should potentially ask everyone to put their pronouns before their LinkedIn profiles and their email signatures. 
And I basically was like, Caitlin, like, don't ask me to do that because I won't do it and I wouldn't ask anyone else to do it either. And fortunately, we didn't have to, we didn't go through with it in the end. But that's, you know, one, and don't get me wrong, that's an incredibly complex topic and probably not one that we're going to go into a huge amount of detail on today. But issues like that, where as a Christian, you probably have a different view than the world, it's very hard to stand the line without being perceived as being difficult and it feels like in the business world at the moment there's a lot of tolerance for everybody apart from Christians I don't know if that makes any sense but every group every belief you get a you get a month or a day of awareness and tolerance and you know but Christians like you got to shut up and you know crack on and love everybody and so actually if there is a topic that comes up it's very hard but I don't think that, that means we shouldn't do it and if, at the end of the day, that means you get fired, then in the grand scheme of things, is that really a big deal? Do you think, like, do you think Jesus is going to let you fall apart and go hungry? And you know, so sometimes you've got to have a bit of context in your mind of, like, what is this conversation in, in like, in respect to the kingdom? And actually, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've never had a situation where I've stood up for what I believed or, or t- taken a stand and it's come back negatively. I'm sure it, it could happen, but. It's not happened to me yet. I think actually, sorry, um, on the back of that, um, so the business that I'm in is very much a meritocracy. So basically, if you're good enough to do the job, you'll be employed. So there's sort of two rules. is one, be good enough, and two, just be a nice person. Those are the kind of rules. And they're very, very accepting, similar to what you're saying, everyone seems apart from Christians. And that really put me in a shell for a very long time. And then every time that opportunity would come up where you think, oh, I could mention this, or like there was a time people were talking about Christianity. And then that, that really quite cutting verse from Jesus comes into your head of that anyone who denies me, I will deny before my father. And it's like, oh my gosh. And I'll be honest, totally, there were times I just let it go and I never said anything. And I'm sure everyone's had the same thing. I'm sure you guys have all had that as well. But don't beat yourself up too much about it. It's a really hard thing to do. But what I found is the more confidence I had in God, the more confidence I had in my identity in him, gradually I could start to have those conversations. And I sort of talked about it when I was going through the Bible verses of like, now I've had these conversations. It, It took years for me to get to a point where I was really comfortable with the people around me because they really don't, care what your background is seemingly unless you're Christian but then you start the conversation and actually it's fine it's really fine they're actually really open to it so I would say if you've let conversations go where you could have stepped in don't worry we all have keep going eventually you'll get that confidence yeah 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 that's so true um right okay guys we that's been quite a lot to take in and just like in this moment I'd like us to get into little groups of like twos and threes uh, if you came with like someone or just like, or if there's someone that you'd like to meet that's next to you, you don't know anything about them, introduce yourselves and just have a little discussion about what work kind of feels like for you and how you feel like you'll turn up as a Christian to work, whether you feel like you're being called to ministry inside the church or ministry in a professional environment. And then after about two or three minutes, we'll continue with the panel discussion. Yeah, sorry. All right, guys. All right. If we can just bring our attention back to the front. Everyone, start to close your conversations now. We're just going to move into the next part of the panel discussion. Oh.
<laughs> Amazing. All right, so guys, we've got a couple more questions for the panel. And then after that, we're going to open up a bit of a Q&A section. So if there's anything that's come up from your discussions that you'd like to ask this group whilst we've got them here, please feel free to either make a note and, and bring it over to Amory over here or just walk up. Actually, just walk up. Just walk up and let Amory know. Um, but yeah, it might be easier just to write it down so you're not talking whilst other people are talking and yeah, just makes everything a bit smoother. Um, yeah, so moving back to the discussion, we, I'm sure we'll have a few people here who over the week have been really like moved by what's happening here at New Day, seeing people serve, seeing like the worship team, seeing the leadership team and feel a really strong calling to working and serving solely in the church. And I just wondered if there's any like encouragement or advice you could give to anyone in this room that was feeling that way. Uh, Josh, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think you've actually, a really important word that you just said is it is a calling. I don't think you can just get into church leadership or working for a church because it seems like a nice idea. Um, I really do think you have to have a heart for it. That is going to be the most important thing, I think, overall, is that you are certain that you know that God is calling you into, into church leadership. I was at New Day, man, I don't know how many years ago now, but we were in, I was in a church, meeting, a church leadership meeting where they talked about, hey, stand up if you think you want to be a church leader. And for some reason, I didn't feel like I should have. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I stood up. And then I kind of you know, carried on for 10 years or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh man, I've actually suddenly kind of got a little bit of a passion to try and find out a little bit more about the church and Jesus. I want to go a little bit deeper. And I was lucky enough to end up going and doing a bit of studying. And that's all it took for me. I was absolutely hooked. And then when you are called, you kind of know that you can't really do anything else. I think that's what it is as well. As soon as you know, you kind of think it's got to be something that you can't not do, if that makes sense. It's got to be something that you know. And there is a bit of a trend. Can I just encourage people as well? There is a bit of a, a strange trend at the moment of finding anyone who seems to be quite good at reading the Bible and just going, hey, let's get this guy to lead and preach. That's a little strange to me because I thought that was the expectation for all believers is to be quite good at handling the word. Like, it isn't just an expectation on pastors or leaders of churches to be the ones who can kind of um, you know, read the Bible, prepare a message, whatever it is. Like, that should be the calling for everyone is to, to be able to read and understand the word of God. And so, not, no, not everyone is going to be called into and not everyone should be called into, but it doesn't mean that you also can't lead within a church capacity. The question obviously was, what, what should you do if you feel like you now have the call? I'm going to encourage you just to continue to pray about it. Find someone that you trust who is older than you, a leader at church or your youth leader, whoever it is, and just kind of begin to push, push a few doors, ask a few questions. There are some great resources online um, in order to just learn a little bit more about the church. There is so much that goes into the Bible. There's so much that goes into church. Everything that we do... The Bible is completely full of it, and you, you can't run out of resource from there. And so I would just encourage you to continue to get alongside people. And secondly, the one I struggled with the most is, is be patient. Everyone, I think, at the moment who is wanting to be in church leadership, including myself, is in a rush to get on stage, in a rush to go and preach a sermon, is in a rush to grow a church to as, as, as big as they can, is in a rush to grow their following on social media, whatever it is, and, and you know, 
that's great. And you know, there aren't anything wrong with that when it's a result of you chasing after Jesus first. And I, I heard it said the other day, it's so important that people prepare their hearts before they prepare their sermons or before they prepare anything else that they do. And so my encouragement to you really would just be, be patient with it and continue to seek God and he promotes at the right time. He gives people the, the titles. He puts people in positions and moves things around at the right time. And so I would encourage you, continue to get in the word, spend time with Jesus, find out more about him, more about you as well. That's going to be the best part of it. You're going to find out way more about yourself. And secondly, be patient. Don't go try and forcing doors open. Continue to serve in your church. Like Dot was saying, actually, you know, it's almost like it becomes a bit of a workplace in a sense that continue to serve even when no one is watching. Continue to show up. Continue to be a consistent person. Because that ultimately is what makes a good leader. Jesus is the most consistent person who ever walked on the earth. And so consistency is something as, as leaders we should continue to aspire to. Um, so yeah, hopefully that kind of helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just also for anyone else who's, who's, who's there, they feel and understand the call, uh, but it doesn't necessarily look like church leadership, but working within ministry, um, and that might be you know, in a both professional context and within the church. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to look to, to Dot here as well to just uh, add on and see if there's any advice or encouragement. Yeah, so um, at my church, I also lead worship, uh, which can feel like a job <laughs> sometimes as well. Um, but it's great. So t- to balance that with also working in, I guess, like a corporate sphere, I think doing worship is something that blesses me so much um, and something you do have to put a lot of effort into. So any of you guys that volunteer or intern in your church, like do that to the best of your ability because ultimately that is your offering to, to God. That is your offering to your church, the offering to people. Um, and yeah, just to, to do that to the best of your ability, it, it's great. And something that blesses me as well. Um, and some, to find the balance between those two is what you do on your own. Um, you know, a, a word or I guess a Christian language or terminology that we're hearing a lot these days is, is the secret place. Like, what are you doing in that secret place when it's your time with God, your, it, whether it's in the morning or the evening? It's like, make sure you prioritize that. Um, Sunday morning, being in church, hearing the preach, that is not that is not your one-on-one time with God, although that is great. That is something that is corporate. That's something that is, that is something that we need. Um, but the one-on-one time with God is something you, we desperately need. Otherwise you will be leading worship on a Sunday. You will be doing your internship, volunteering in church and you will get burnt out. You will go to your job Monday to Friday and you will be burnt out um, because you're just overworking yourself and you're, you're not working for a purpose, but you do need to have that that time with God you do need to read your Bible like that's not something we say enough that's not something we do enough but read your Bible because it is life um yeah and it brings life um so yeah finding that balance is to um yeah practice mindfulness the whole world is doing it and we have something that is so beautiful and, and so biblical in practicing speaking to God praying to God hearing from him um and yeah that's that's the best way I find the balance between those two okay great Oh, did you want to add? Oh, right. amazing, amazing. Okay, well, guys, um, two things I just want to note. We have a prayer team here of red caps and blue caps. And so if there's anything that's come up today, anything stirring on your heart about ministry, money, you know, work-life balance, uh, just, or even just getting a job, like that's, that's, that's also a reality as well. There's going to be an opportunity to pray for that at the end. But between now and then, we'd love to just open up 
for a Q&A section, yeah, with the panel, if that's all good. I, d I don't know if Ben is, but also if anyone's ever thinking about going into a job where you're self-employed, I, I am, are you, are you as a management consultant? Yeah, if you just want to chat about anything to do with that, because that is not the same as having a salary in any way, happy to chat about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now it's on to you guys. Anyone, any questions, any hands up, anyone that's want to, yeah? Um, can we get, Emery, would you mind just going over and um, just shouting it? Yeah, just make sure everyone hears it. Amazing. Okay, so the question was, um, I think, I can't remember who it was exactly talking about standing by your faith in your workplace and potentially losing a job. Um, and the question, sorry, I didn't catch your name, um, but she was just asking if it's a job that you believe God has called you to, but you're also potentially being let go because of your faith, do you stay in the job? Do you Oh, man, you know, what a question. <laughs> That's an impossible question. So if you feel that you are need to stand up in your faith, in a job that you feel God has called you to, but standing up might mean that you lose your job. Is that the question? Yeah. Wow, okay, how do you answer that? That's like the unstoppable force and unmovable object, isn't it? So I guess if standing up for your job, sorry, if standing up for your faith means losing your job, then I can't see another way around it than it might not be the job that God has necessarily called you to forever. Um like it's pretty binary it's either you know you stand up for your faith or you don't and I would probably go with stand up for your faith and I think sometimes when you're in a situation it can feel a lot bigger than it is so if you think about it historically Christians have been killed for their faith standing up for their faith meant being beheaded or ostracized or sold into slavery or killed or anything else and today standing up for your faith maybe means getting an angry email from HR or at worst, losing your job in the UK, let's be honest, you lose your job. In which case, that does not mean that you go hungry and that you, you know, you're ostracized. Worst, it means you move back in your parents for a couple of months while you're applying for a new job. So I think getting some perspective on the situation is, is important. And I think above all, just listening to the Holy Spirit and what he's prompting you to do. And then just checking with people that you trust at your church, leaders that you trust, friends that you trust, get people to speak into your situation. And, and that's really helpful. And, you know, like Christians, or sorry, non-Christians will say, go with your gut. But I think for, as Christians, it's go with what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. And, and God's going to, he's going to keep you and he's going to look after you. Um, I would also say, you can refer to the Bible for an example of that with Joseph who stood up for what he believed in, literally ran away. It cost him not only his job, it cost him everything for the next three to four years. And he went through a torrid time. So I'm sure if you got fired from a job, you'd be going through a torrid time. But where that led him to be God's main man in Egypt, to, for the amount of people who he saved because of where God placed him and standing up for his faith, God's all over it. Um, so just, you can always go to your Bible for an example of these kind of things. It is in there because that is effectively standing up for your faith in the workplace. Just very quickly as well, because I feel like we put a bit of fear. I've never heard of anyone being fired for being a Christian, ever. So just we're talking about like the worst case scenario, which I don't know, I've never heard of it happen. So please don't think that the minute you say you're a Christian, when you're in work, you'll get fired because... It's never happened, at least in my mind. Yeah, it's illegal. It, it, yeah, it's illegal so. <laughs> I 
Amazing. Um, yeah, okay, cool. We've got, one, we've got one more question here as well. So how have you handled the use of pronouns used in this world? And have you ever challenged the idea of it? So probably just more... Like yeah, I mean, down. story I shared earlier, I mean, I mean, it was very fortunate. It didn't go any deeper than that conversation I had with our, our chief operating officer. But the, I mean, the only, the only time it's ever been an issue for me is when I was at Vodafone, um, there was someone in my team who... I was new to that team and, and I was leading a meeting and, and their name was M. So we were all on, on Zoom calls and it was just the letter M. And he was clearly a guy. So I was like, oh, is that short for like Mark? Or, and he was like, oh, no, it's just M. And then so we had the meeting and then afterwards someone grabbed me and says, oh, no, no, that's, that's M, they're, they're non-binary. And so I was like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't, didn't clock that. And so the next time I saw them, I just apologized, I was like, I'm really sorry. And they're like, oh, it's fine. And that was it. That was literally the start and the end of that situation. And I've never, ever had another real example of when the pronouns thing has been a thing. But it feels like if you're in the business world, everyone seems to think it's a massive thing and maybe for some people it is I'm not saying there are situations where it's not a big thing but it hasn't actually apart from that situation ever come up as an issue but people will try and make you use you know put pronouns before your email signatures and think about it a lot but actually we were just saying that when you talk to people I think there's a lot more people that are um, that find it strange that people are being forced to use pronouns or to think about it a lot um, so yeah I think the thing for me is is to be genuine and, and understand why you want to do something or why you don't want to do something. So for for me and what I believe about how God created men and women, um, I don't feel comfortable using pronouns um, or putting that in my bio, my LinkedIn bio, or this kind of, or in my bottom of my email, this kind of stuff. So um, and being able to to confidently say. You know, I'm not comfortable doing that. And no one can force you to do that. Um, And I think you can gently say that in love. Like, it doesn't have to be something that is hugely controversial. It doesn't have to be something that is, um, you know, can be offensive. If it does offend someone, you know, you just, okay, I'm really sorry this offends you. But this is what I believe and this is what this is why I'm standing by it um if that makes sense um yeah but so the biggest thing I think just be genuine um if you're disingenuous you will be you know you will fly anyway you will do whatever culture is telling you to do um but yeah the the biggest thing is to just be genuine in what you believe and why you believe it and be confident about it like if God is for you who can be against you like God will stand up for you um God will defend you he is our defender um in all things so yeah amazing okay have we got any more any more questions yeah oh have you got one as well from earlier okay hold on to that and keep a note of it Okay, this one might be for Dan, because Emily um, over here, she's sort of questioning the music industry, is that right? Like theatre and music? Um, and she, you just spoke a bit about the kind of competitive nature of it and it being a bit cutthroat. And Emily just wanted to know, like, how do you balance being a Christian in that space? Because I guess we're called to be, like, gentle and things. And she says, you know, how do you not be a pushover? Because you need the work, you know? So how do you... <laughs> we, need the, we need to eat. Um, so how do you kind of balance, you know, being meek and gentle, but also fighting for, for your life, to put bread on the table, food on the table, you know? Um, great question. First of all, I'd like to know if anyone who's ever met me has called me meek. But um, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you so much. Um, I think the main... What I would say is about 10... 11 years ago, 
I, m- I remember being in a, in my church listening to a talk, and it was a talk all about money. But it was um, it was a talk that actually your work comes from God. And I remember very distinctly at that point. I mean, I was twenty at this point, so I had left school. I had no excuse to not give my work to God. Um, that I just gave my work to God, and I said, "What will be will be from you." And all my, I really hundred percent believe that my work comes from God. And from that moment, because I think at the time that was, I was at the end of my third year of university, and I, to be honest, I'd not really been going to church, and. As you say, it's a really competitive industry. I don't know what universities, normal universities, like, but it was really close contact. Everyone's competing for these tiny little scraps of work, and I didn't like the person I was becoming. But I, I was lucky enough that having been a youth, having had a sort of relationship with God, a taste of a relationship with God before that, I knew what I needed was church. And so, giving my career to God from that moment means everything that's come my way, I believe, is from God, and. Uh, there's a prayer that I pray at the beginning of every concert, which is just, yeah, Father, thank you for this opportunity. Please let me bring glory to your name through this music. This is a talent that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. So that way, every single thing is for God. Um, with the competitiveness, I think, uh, yes, you, you love the people. You love the people no matter who they are, what they've been through, what they believe, anything like that. And as long as you're, like kind of what Doc was saying, to be honest, just be genuine. Just be you. Don't change who you are for that. And actually the call of the Bible and the, the more you come to know Jesus is love everyone. It doesn't matter what they've said. It doesn't matter how many times they've hurt you. Just keep loving that person. And it's not easy. There are times when you have to bite your tongue. Um, but yeah, give it all to God, I think is the word I'd say it. And we've got one more. Amazing. This is kind of off the back of that, but um, dealing with like comparison and people who really dislike Christians in the creative community. Like I really want to go into filmmaking, for example. Um, and every there's so many projects I look at that are like, oh, you're welcome. We accept anybody except white Christians. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and it's really difficult. And also the envy that comes with that and going like, why is it so hard? when I want to do this, why are all these people getting loads of projects when I think what I've made is really special and just like giving that to Jesus as well. So I think a good example of this actually, I have a friend who's another musician and he's, he's on the way to becoming a Christian. He believes there's a God and this kind of thing. But he, um, he's in the jazz world and so that's, you work project by project and you have to apply for funding every single time from the Arts Council. And he said he did six or seven applications where he ticked white male Christian um, and he never got funding. And then the first time that he ticked, I don't want to say, he got funding. Um, what I would say about that is you, you have to roll with the, the punches. The Bible is very clear on that. Jesus says, you know, if turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek doesn't mean, oh, rise above it. It means if someone slapped you around the cheek, let them slap the other one as well. Keep loving that person. Keep going. That's just the world is going to throw stuff at you. And God's got it. There's a greater plan. And you're going to have knockbacks. You're going to have those moments where it just feels like I'm being, a, I'm being not oppressed by people, but oppressed because I'm a Christian. And there is, the devil is out there. Like, and he will be working. Now, I don't believe that the devil has power over my life, but I know he has power over other people. 
and that will affect you. So you just have to keep going and know that our God is greater because our God is so much greater. So also, um, if this is something that God has given you as a job to do, then throw yourself into that wholeheartedly. Give yourself to God first, obviously. But throw yourself into your industry, into the nitty-gritty, learn, devote yourself, sit under somebody, learn their trade, and let the body of your work speak. Let the body of your work speak. And as that happens, you will be given a platform to communicate the things you want to communicate. Don't, don't use your art as an excuse to throw the gospel down people's throats in a way that you would never use if you were saying it. Does that make sense? Um, use it to speak truth. Use it to speak the gospel in, by the art of your craft and let God speak through what you're saying in your art. Does that make sense? Cool. Okay, guys, we're going to fill two more questions, um, but... There's, yeah, there'll be time afterwards. If you're not in a rush to leave, there'll be time afterwards to talk directly to people as well. Okay. How long can you go serving in a church, just Sundays, just saying, um, hi, I'm here, I'm serving, um, just Sundays because that's the only time to have to the point where you say, I'm going to help, like to take that step over to say, um, I should lead a church. Um, Because I feel like for me, for example, I've got a lot of different skills. I would like to go into worship. I do kids' work. I've got the personality to do welcome. I've got like the... For me, it's a broad spectrum. And at what point do you know I'm being called for leading or do you just stay doing serving on Sundays? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I'm just going to hesitate while I think of an answer a little bit. Um, good question, because I actually did the same. So I was I was fortunate enough to play in our worship team as well. And that's something I actually don't do anymore, which is which is fine. I had to kind of make a decision to which, am I, which do I enjoy, which is kind of this talent, and which is something that I'm called to as a profession. Because I think there is a difference between the two. Lots of people, Dan, for example, is luckily in the sense that his talent is also his area of calling, which, which is a really cool thing to do. I would say, to be honest, honestly submit those things to God because the one that you might think is, the, is that one actually might, might just be for a season that God is asking you to do something. You actually might find, let's say in your kids' work, that someone comes in and joins the church and all of a sudden, actually, there, there might not be a greater need for kids' work. So how do you separate that from a calling? Is, is, it's actually a really difficult question, but I would say to continue to kind of grow your, yourself in everything. Continue just to serve for, wholeheartedly, because I think the best thing that you can do to care about the church is to continue to serve it. The Bible talks about that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's not just money, that's time as well. Because time is actually an incredible resource that we have and we have to, to steward as well. And so the more you pour yourself into the church, the more you should fall in love with it. And I found that even for myself. And so, right, how do we, how do we separate that from a calling? I think you, you, you will know which one. You, you will find 
there's, there's like there'll be an anointing, almost an ease of something, the fact that God's hand is on that area. Not to say that things won't be difficult, because you know we we got to work. Work is a great thing. God gave us work before sin entered the world. It was always His plan. We're going to work in heaven. Uh, I think it's just one of those things where we have to figure out. Okay, what is God anointing me for? Because anointing is the is going to be incredibly important. Any church leadership, any working in a church, where you are anointed is where God is is having is is where God wants you. In the Bible, when they anointed things, it was a separation for a specific purpose. That's what anointing means. So when they anointed the priests, they were separated from the other people, and they had a specific purpose and a specific job. So I'd encourage you to pray into to kind of figure out where your anointing is. Where is that effectiveness that you've seen? Where is that effectiveness that you found serving in church and gone, wow, you know, you come out of kids' work, for example, and let's say, you know, you got to pray with two of the kids at the end, and there was just such an ease to it. You get that sense that... I think that this is what Jesus called me to do. You get that almost belonging. There's, there's, a, there's a spirit-filled element to it where you get that, that sense of belonging where you say, man, there's just such an ease with this. I, I want to serve God with this. And that, and that might be difficult at, to beginning, at the beginning to find out, but I would, I would encourage you to continue to find out, okay, where, where is there an ease here? Where, 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 where am I effective? And I encourage you to stay in that place because the anointing is Jesus's and not yours. And it's very easy, you, it's, it's easier to step out of that. And it's difficult to remain in, but that is the plan for God and his church. I don't know if anyone else wants to add anything to that. Just um, from like a secular side, so just show of hands. So I know this concrete floor looks well comfy, but by show of hands, who feels called just to be in business and just to make money, entrepreneurship, be in a secular world? Like, raise a hand, if that's you. Yeah, just so I know who I'm talking to. Cool. So... I just want you guys to know that those skills are talents that are equally as important as playing a guitar or being in kids' work or, you know, like welcoming people on the door. And I just, I want you guys to know that's good. Like it takes a huge amount of skill to create organizations that are profitable and to manage people in organizations and to employ people. Um, I, I'm a bang average guitar player. It takes a lot more skill in my job to help a company save, you know, 10 million pounds a year than to play some chords on a stage. And they're both incredibly blessed, incredibly blessed things I get to do. But I just want you guys to know that those are incredibly useful and valuable talents that God loves. And I think, like managing people and knowing how to lead in a secular sense and knowing how to create like good organisations is very valuable for churches because. Church is a big organization, and there's lots of organizational stuff that happens in a church. And if that gets overlooked, then it, it can become a really tricky church to be a part of. So just don't feel like you're, you're left out. Don't feel like that's, that's a job, and God's calling has to be something that's really obvious from a church perspective. And I just want to add, finally add, it's going to be really important over the next couple of years that we have strong Christians in leadership positions in businesses. That is going to become incredibly, incredibly important. And I believe that if you believe that you are called to that, I just want to encourage you that that is, like, like what was just said, is a, as an important a call as the one to work in a church. Because the business, has an, the business world, the corporate world, has an incredible influence over people. An incredible influence. And the more Christians we have in higher positions, we're just going to be able to do things. We should be doing things well with integrity. We should be able to lead by example as well as we do within the church. And so I want to encourage you to, to continue, 
like aim high with that because we we really do need it. Um, just by a show of hands, who knows what they want to do? Man, that's great. Who doesn't know what they want to do? Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Like, that's actually a really great place to be. Either if you know what you want to do, that's great. If you don't know what you want to do, that's great. I think just something to bear in mind is you'll be called to do stuff, whether that's volunteering for a church, whether it's leading worship, whether it's actually joining a church, whether it's being in a business setting. Whatever you do, your God goes before you. Your God has a plan for you. You will be in the right place at the right time. God has got you. It doesn't matter if you don't know what you want to do. I fell into the business that I've ended up in. I didn't really know if I wanted to do it until I was kind of in the deep end and going, oh my goodness. It's fine. Like God has got you and he's so, so great. Amazing. Guys, we've got, um, we've got a team that just want to pray with anyone that's like, like they just want to pray for all of us, sorry. And um, anyone that's also got something specific. So that's going to happen now. And um, these guys are going to stay around. So please do also come up and ask any questions. One moment, guys. We're just going to get into prayer and then we can all, we can all move. Okay, why, why don't we stand up to pray? I think the one thing I want to...